What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. This is Money, your Amtrak baddie. Amtrak baddie? Yeah, because you know, I be riding. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. I was on the train. Okay. Don't make this dirty, okay? It's too late. You can't just say I be riding. And I am Nikita. And this week, I am your... You so your dainty. What is this? Friendly... Neighborhood Butch Batty. Really? Butch? Yeah. Okay, bring it on back then. Or as um, Ernest would say, Bull, bull Dagger. dagger. <laughs> <laughs> I right. like Bull Dagger. It's like. Me too. <laughs> like, maybe. maybe. What does mm. that sound do that again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like no ambiguity. Right, about bull right, dagger. right, right. <laughs> Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your glow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sis, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You're amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration, and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby, you love. You love. Okay, Nikita, you wanna tell them where they can find us, or you want me to do it? I got it. Oh, okay. All right. So, you can find us on Twitter at QueerWalkPod. And don't forget, use the hashtag QueerWalk, W-O-C. Um, sorry, I just thought about that person that tweeted us. <laughs> and thought it was QueerWalk, like walking. <laughs> it's walk as in like... Women of color. Like a, a thing you use to cook. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a walk. But not not a walk. Wow, this is really turning into a homophone <laughs> session. Okay, homophones for the homosexuals. All Homo- right. Homophones for the homos. <laughs> We're totally off task. Um, you can also find us on the Instagram at Queer Rock Pod. You can go to our Tumblr, QueerWalk.com, and slide into our inbox. And that is QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook. Queer Walk the podcast. You can also listen to our amazing, illustrious podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Google Play, and Stitcher. All right. So if you would like to become a supporter slash sustainer, sustainer. of this here program, program. Um, you could become a patron and you can head over to patreon.com slash queerwalkpod to do that. We have a few different levels, so um, you can become a patron at three, five, or seven. Um, and, you know, actually, any um, donation is appreciated. You know, we know, like, the struggle is real. Yeah. Um, but anything you can help us with, with is much appreciated. Like, I just got back from Pod and Live NYC, and you all's donations make those kind of things possible. Uh, you know, SoundCloud doesn't pay for itself. So, <laughs> thank y'all for becoming sustainers. And we're actually trying to get some t-shirts popping. Indeed. Um, 
Maybe I'll make one that says homophones for the homosexuals. And only three people will buy that. <laughs> There's three <laughs> queer grammar nerds that'll be like, I love this shirt. <laughs> this is the shirt I've been waiting for. This is so, I love phonetics. <laughs> I love fun. This is perfect. Also, if you would like to give a one-time donation, just hit us off, you know, like one time. Maybe you got a little um, extra on that paycheck this week. You can hit us on the PayPal, which is paypal.me slash queerwalk. That's W-O-C. And we know that you all are not shopping or not buying coffee at Starbucks anymore anyway. Just give us that money. Fuck your Frappuccino and just give us that. Fuck the all-star at Waffle House. We're not yep. getting that no more exactly. either. Just go ahead and give us what you would have spent on an all-star. Why do you always sound like that? <laughs> you, I said exactly what you said. But I sound like a for-profit commercial. You do sound commercial. Like You're not doing nothing anyway. <laughs> How I meant to sound is, in light of the recent events... <laughs> That were incredibly anti-black at the Waffle House establishments and Starbucks establishments. We are no longer spending our black earned dollars there. That was was like a good black PSA. Okay. I appreciate that. Maybe I like cut it and paste it over and over again on every episode. The the listeners deserve nothing less. (laughs) We have an announcement. We do. So there just going to be a few changes. Or one change for the for about the next month or so. Um, as folks know, I have like <laughs> what you just sound like Fraser Crane right now instead of just like okay. I, I do love that program. Anyway, I have um you know a new job and I am also finishing a, a degree that I was supposed to finish a long time ago, but I'm finishing it now. So, a bitch is busy, so I need to take care of some shit. Mm-hmm. So, I am going to be away for the next month or so. But, um, I was going to say I'll still be on the social meds, but I'm an old bitch. And I'm probably not. I don't know. I'll, I'm going to be around in spirit. Um, I'll check in. You're going to be around in the Wakanda shoulder shimmy? Oh, shoulder shimmy. <laughs> yeah, y'all. So... Um, I will still be here. Money will still mm-hmm. be here. Everyone's everyone's closet favorite. This is not true. Uh, that's why I said closet favorite. What do you mean like, closet favorite? You're like low key the favorite. I'm like obviously the the I'm real like, favorite. But yeah. people, people like I come from Nikita, but <laughs> no, money's cool. Actually, too. you're like the fun. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not I'm not the one who when people are like, I learned something on this episode, they're talking about you. People what are you talking about? The the pride and joy of Queer Rock is the mental moment. Anyway, so yeah. So Nikita won't be around for a few episodes. And I just can't I I can't do a word. Does this mean there won't be a word for like a few months? Oh God. Maybe I can come do like a guest spot. No. <laughs> nope, because there you go. You like, oh, I need to uh, protect my time. I need to like do All my right. stuff, and then you just creaking that door I, back open I to sh- not actually take a break. So your word, you don't this. know me. Don't give me that bullshit. Oh, bitch, I knew you for five years. Oh, I, I know you, and I know your like okay. astrological chart. This is okay? fun. So, bitch, you gotta stop whipping that astro. <laughs> stop doing this shit. <laughs> 
Every time you step in the money's house, this bitch gonna whip whip out a chart, read your whole life, and change your life. Stop that shit. You just can't be doing people's astrological charts all willy nilly. It was so funny. Kate was like, "You know Nikita's time of birth." We were. It was a group of us sitting in the apartment, and. I don't know. Were you reading mine? Yours, yeah. And somebody else said something. They made a smart comment. And you were like, if you keep talking, I'm going to read your chart next. <laughs> Bitch, you're out of order. I won't do a word because I feel like it'll be disrespectful to your segment. You'll probably listen and be like, I know this bitch. <laughs> do. <laughs> the word for today is, ew. <laughs> Oh my fucking god. Brought to us by Belkalis Almanzar. <laughs> Bickenhead. <laughs> oh my god. You'll be like, I have to cut this break short just to <laughs> clean up your mess. <laughs> and you know, I know where you live, just be here. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> so. Do we want to move into the Queer Walk of the Week? Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, God. Every time oh, I say awesome. Queer Walk, now I want to think of... That's going to be a new dance. The Queer, the queer. W-A-L-K. <laughs> what would the Queer Walk be like? <laughs> it got to have expressive shoulders. Expressive shoulders. Uh, do the Queer Walk. Do the Queer I don't know. <laughs> And maybe maybe it could be like a fun now that we're on like the queer walk, like this whole pun homophone thing, maybe it'll be like you're shake like <laughs> shaking, shaking a walk. the walk, W O K expressive shoulders, shaking the uh, uh. maybe this will be some exclusive content. Uh, I wish I was recording right uh, now, because this is the dance. Oh okay. shit, it's hot. It's the only it's, thing hot is it's not just the walk, it's the walk. It's the queer walk. <laughs> ah, okay. Ah. The wop 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 wop. Too much. <laughs> this is taking out a life of its own. Right. Okay. Um. So queer walk of the week this week uh, goes out to activist and baddie Alejandra Pablos. Um, she has been released from detention. Uh, I don't. I feel like we just briefly mentioned it because, like I said, we're we're biweekly, yeah. so we miss a lot of stuff. But if you follow us on Twitter, I've definitely been posting about it there. Um, but so Ale was detained um, on some fuck shit, really. But uh, this detention came after a, um, I think, like a protest that she was involved yeah. in. She was the only person desa- detained um, by ICE. And so this is, you know, really targeted um, actions against folks who are resisting exactly. like immigration exactly. uh, crackdowns and stuff and so so Ale was released uh some like judge at the uh detention center where she was being held decided that she was eligible for bond and so she was granted bond and her supporters and her people you know paid that and I've been following this on Mi Gente I'll put a link to it in the the um the description box but why she's queer walk of the week this week also um you know, after not only because of her badass like activism work, and also if you follow her on Instagram, also her like brown and bruja work uh, that she does with her um, homie, but that we still need to continue to support Ale. So basically, they meek milling her. So she had a case mm-hmm. back in like 2009, and she served two years for it. And um, 
and got out in 2011. And basically, they've just been dragging out her, like, probation, whatever, whatever agreement. And even if if she does something so much as, like, sneezes in the yeah. wrong place, like, they're, they're detaining her again. And that is the original case that they're, like, still threatening to deport her over. Yeah. This one that she already served her time for. Again, like I said, they Meek Miller her. Like, she already served her time for it. Um, she's, like, you can't, you can't be no, like, um... And not to say, you know, like, people uh, people who commit crimes, like, are horrible people. But you can't be, like, a consistent fuck-up when you're undocumented. Like, yeah. you can't be just be in and out of jail and, like, all this stuff. Like, you have to live a certain kind of life, which is a very cautious one, avoiding any and all interactions with law enforcement. Right. And she's been doing that. And not only that, but she's a part of a community here. She has people here. Her parents are here. Her yeah, pa- you know, yeah, it's like... Yeah. She has a lot of love and support here. Um, and just to rip, I think we might have talked about this on an episode before, but like just to pull her away, it impacts and ripples out for a whole yeah. community. Um, especially someone like an activist where we know how connected you are to space and place uh, when you're involved in activism. Yeah. So use the hashtag keep LA home um, to follow up and sign the petition uh, to have her pardoned by Governor Ducey. And if somebody could, um, like, find his... I know he got a Twitter. Because, you know, all these, like, motherfucking politicians right. be on Twitter. I would just flood his mentions with, like, pardon LA, pardon LA, yeah. um, this Governor Ducey person. But I am going to post a link. I already signed the petition to pardon her. It needs 2,000 signatures. I think it's at, like, 1,700. We can do this, y'all. She's a part of our community, yeah. you know? And it's like, I just would... I would hope... Like, I'm just using our little old platform to, like build that community even exactly. more and like amplify it even more. Cause I would just hope that if some shit popped off with like one of us, that folks would um, use the space that they have to like amplify that. So right. definitely queer walk of the week is Ale. We're so glad she's home and we want to keep her home. So. Yeah. Just, I do. I just feel like I want to underscore the point about organizers being targeted, especially with um, in terms of like these immigration um, crackdowns, and the reason why they're being targeted is because something that you know I'm I'm like a broken record about is that the organizing like actually works, mm-hmm. and then because it, it what you know what we've been doing in the immigrants' rights uh, work that we've been doing here in Syracuse and like Central and Western New York broadly is that like the message is that you're not going to tear people away from their communities mm-hmm. and people just sit back, right? you know, and let that and happen. Let happen. And so, like, when people, like, speak out, it, you know, when they're organizing, and particularly the people who are, you know, being threatened with um, deportation and detention, you know, it says that they're not going to stand for it and there's a whole community of people watching. Right, right. And they we don't see like you. that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And just, I know this, and just the point about her... Um, uh, being a woman, the thing I wanted to say what's happening here is that we've seen that the, the attacks on immigrants are so huge here that there's a there's an immigration uh, detention facility in western New York and they excuse me, they only accepted men. But the there's such a huge uh, upsurge in the attacks 
on um, immigrants in um, New York that this facility that used to only hold men, it now holds women. And so for International uh, Women's Day, like a few, that was back in March, we did this big action. People came up from uh, New York City, um, from the New York Immigration Coalition, Worker Center of Central New York, Worker Justice Center, and so many other organizations was, was like, you know, we did an action for one of our members, Arely, who's a mother, who's also, like I've mm -hmm. talked about, who's mm -hmm. being threatened with um, deportation. But again, like the deportation machine is so ramped up right. that it's, um, that right. this, this, this system of human caging has mm -hmm. now been expanded yeah. um, to women. And just like the last thing that I wanted to mention, because, um, you know, this has been near and dear to my heart, is that just recently there was a worker who was detained on a farm. Like the ICE came with no agent and they raided this man's farm and the farm owner is white. And so this is like, and it sucks because like our organization, uh, the Worker Center and other organizations have been on the ground, you know, much like, you know, Ale. But this issue now, like the governor has spoken out about it. And we, and it, you know, it, it's a testament to the work that local organizations have done, but it's also, it's like now like this, you know, this white employer is like, mm -hmm. oh, God, mm -hmm. they came and they marched on my property without a warrant. And right. so now people are like, <laughs> oh, God, this is so mm -hmm. unjust. And like, mm -hmm. how could this, you know, be happening? But, yeah. you know, when it's not, you know, when you don't have, um, you know, these, you know, these unscrup uh, unscrupulous white employers mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. are like the face of it, then like it's, you know, a lot of times like people don't care. So, mm -hmm. um because where is Ale? Uh, D.C. area. Okay. Yeah. Because something, I guess, even to that point, and just, like, why we talk about it here is I feel like people only think that this is, like, a Texas, New Mexico. Right, right. Or, yeah. like, a southern border yeah. I issue. I can't remember what um, podcast I was listening to, but I, like, left a comment because I'm a low-key, like, SoundCloud troll. But I, <laughs> I left a comment about how, like, this is not only happening in, like, Texas and California. Yeah, exactly. Um, and land that used to be Mexico before, like, Manifest Destiny. Sure. Like, this this is happening right here in, like, central New York yeah. also. Um, and and I know it, it's happening in, like, big cities. Big cities. Like, like New York City. The whole, the whole, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I can go on, like, a long rant about this. But, like, what I've seen here in Syracuse is, like, um, people getting in like really small accidents, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, fender benders or, um, like really small infractions, like yeah. maybe like shoplifting or something. And it's like immediate escalation to like ice and deportation. Exactly. And so this is like, what I learned is like, cause people always say, well, these people are committing crimes and like, yeah. well, the mm -hmm. thing is, is like, well then if they've, if somebody has committed a crime or they're accused of committing a crime, then they should just go through the process the, that everybody yeah, else that goes everybody through. Else, right, right. And yeah. we you all know, bypass that whole damn system to right. detain somebody and deport them. Right. But you only do that yeah. when you're like in a system that thoroughly dehumanizes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, undocumented people yeah. in particular, but immigrants yeah. broadly. Something so. that I was reading um, from Alejandra's like, organizing is also how much of a reproductive justice issue mm. this is. Um, and like you talking about like women now being detained, like, you know, of course that, that speaks to that, but just like, you know, I think all folks of any gender, it's a reproductive justice issue, yeah. but, um, but specifically thinking about like folks who have abortions, um, because of fear that they will be deported and like taken away from their children. Right. And so when we start to talk about like pro-life people, <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, how pro-life are you when you are, 
when you're the same people, I think this was like a uh, uh, something that she said in that piece I was reading, but like, how pro-life are you if you're the same person who would call for my baby to be ripped from my arms and to have me deported? And, and the thing about, because the pro-life people, I mean, we all know that they're actually anti-choice, yeah. but they say that they, like, it's about family values. Yeah, yeah. And like, what, mm-hmm. what, there's so many other things in society. And like, I remember, um... When Arelli's husband, Hector, who was also mm-hmm. facing a deportation and detention, um, he, like, we wrote these letters of support. And I remember, like, as the, everything was happening with him, I drove in Syracuse. I was driving around Syracuse. And they have all the, because Syracuse has, like, a high poverty and a lot of, a lot of specifically black and brown uh, poverty. There's all these racist yeah. pathologizing signs mm-hmm, around, like, be mm-hmm. a good dad, be yeah, a good yeah, father. Yeah. And I remember, like, I've, like, witnessed, like, members of the Worker Center, like, you know, with their children. And, like, they're, like, so deeply involved in their children's lives. And, like, their children are part of, like, these broader communities mm-hmm. where other adults and other kids are mm-hmm. engaged in their mm-hmm. lives. And I'm, like, you say that you this is a country that says it, it loves family values. Yeah. But it, it decimates and it yeah. ruins, it mm-hmm. systematically decimates yeah. families particularly families of color at every fucking turn. Mm-hmm. Rem- uh, yeah. Yeah. All the things. All the things. But hashtag keep LA home. Keep LA homes. Yeah. Okie dokie. We're gonna move it on along to community contributors. Um. So I was so excited to receive this message because it's funny, we just did the Queer Walk segment, mm-hmm. and we received um, a message from... A previous Queer Walk. A previous Walk. Queer Walk. <laughs> so, this is, so this is from Sofia Rivera-Pena, who, um, as y'all uh, may or may not remember, was... Um, she's from the Rio Grande. Grande. Not the Rio Grande. <laughs> Grand. The Rio Grande Valley does, you know, it's funny, we were just talking about reproductive justice, does amazing reproductive justice work. And so, uh, Sophia sent us a message and said, um, I wanted to thank you for featuring me as your Queer Rock of the Week on episode 30 back in December last year, and especially for the shout-outs to the Rio Grande Valley. Um, she says, I've since started listening to Queer Walk with a friend, and she and the friend particularly listened to episode 10 and had a good cry <laughs> this morning because I, of it. I need to go back and listen, because that was, that was the, like, moving into the year at lesbian speed, right? Yeah, that was so that one. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember, <laughs> you know, that was a while ago. But that's great that I know she fa- found it and went that far. I know deep in the the queer the archives. deep cuts, right? Wow! So, shout out! Thank you so much. I know, Sophia. That yeah, that that message really is like the ray of sunshine through like sometimes the clouds that are producing a podcast. Indeed. So. And we got another message. So we also got a message from Catalina. Somebody else from the Rio Grande Valley. The Rio Grande is holding us down. Holding like, us down. Shout out to Rio, Rio, Rio Grande, Grande, Grande. <laughs> okay. And we just lost that really amazing foothold <laughs> that we had. The valley is in the building. Okay. I bet they out there like, gang, gang, gang. Oh, no, uh, they don't do that. That's like a Chicago thing. Okay, please uh, Sorry. <laughs> just please, no more. 
Anyway. Somebody tell me what y'all do in Rio. RGV? Okay. <laughs> I, I, they do call it R, the RGV. I don't know if they do it with that tone, <laughs> but indeed they do. Anyway, Catalina gave four reasons, yeah. even though they had a bunch of reasons for becoming um, a patron, but also while they live and listen to the show. One... Y'all give amazing information and insights about mental health, Ow. social justice, and yes. politics. I'm like mind blown every fucking episode. <laughs> That's just point number one. <laughs> Second point is identify with a lot of uh, your experiences as a queer woman uh, or WOMXN of color. Three. Y'all are funny as fuck, and I enjoy every episode so much. You didn't have to, like, compliment Nikita by saying y'all, because we all know that I'm the humor of this here program. Okay. Your delusions are a lot of fun. <laughs> the fourth one is, I've recommended the podcast to all of my queer friends, and all of them, all of them, basically. Like, everybody listens now? That's so great. Wow. So... Thank you so much, Catalina. Again, shout out to the RGV yes. for holding us down. Always. Always. Came through strong on this episode. I don't know what to do. I don't know what they well, do. Let's, well, how about you stop making shit up and they will tell us what they do. I'm just do. trying to like... Let's just... If I was from the you, real Let's, let's stop right now because this okay. is going to be so bad. Okay. It's so offensive and we're going to lose... Our stronghold in the RGV. <laughs> Shout out to the RGV. Yeah, you know me. Exactly. See, you're doing it too. All right. Okay, so we also have a few new patrons that we got to shout out. So the first is the homie, Vani. Thank you so much Thank for you, becoming Bonnie. a patron. Um, we have Jasmine, Noah, and RK who became uh, patrons this week too. So thank y'all. And... Tawana, who was already a patron, upped her pledge. Upped it. Yes. Upped and it. I met Tawana at Potter Live. So, and, uh, hey. <laughs> thank you so much for being a consistent, what does Nikita say? Sustainer. Sustainer of this program. Program. I'm so glad that program won out. I, I am like. Thank you. Mind blown at that. Sharon. Like, really? Yeah. And you know, every time she hears it, she does that like, the shot is good. Like, yes. Like, okay, mama. So, moving right along to... This is really, like, a crowd pleaser. Everyone's favorite segment. Yeah. Of the... Yeah. Bitch, we ain't got no modesty. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, you're yeah. like, obviously. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're not doing it this week. Okay, so no, I'll enter my own. No, segment. no, no, no. Welcome to Guap Guap, get some mental. Guap Guap, money, mental. Nope, that was wrong. That doesn't work. I was trying to do it to Big and Head. But I it got didn't it, work. but it didn't work. You see, it's not, <laughs> see, you it's even, not easy. It's, it's not. not. Exactly. Anyway. Wait a minute. Okay. Damn it. I had one. I it's remember. okay. No, 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 no. Damn it. It was Brandy. Fuck. Oh, I'm glad you forgot that then. Oh, okay. Okay, so this week's mental moment with money. Is actually like three three suggestions for like letting your inner light shine and like getting your shit popping again. Um, so I think a few episodes ago, I think it was like during October sometime, I told y'all that I 
was sad, <laughs> meaning that I was suffering from seasonal affective disorder. Um, and and this, the Syracuse weather wasn't tur- turning around. It was just cold and snowy continuously. And so even though like it was like March where people were sort of like coming out of their seasonal affective, I was not. Um, and so I started this routine. So I want y'all to know my routine. So it has three pieces. One is taking vitamin D. The second is taking niacin, which is the same thing as vitamin B3. And the third is the crazy lace agate, also known as the Mexican agate crystal. What is that? Okay. I'm a break. I'm a, you know how I do this. I know. Sorry. You're just throwing out terms. I don't, I just got. You uncomfortable? The anticipation got me. I was like, wow, these are things I don't know. I'm excited. Okay. So while listening to Invasion of Privacy, you know, I just had this revelation of like, damn, like I should be doing more. And I'm like, if Cardi B is able to do all of this while like obviously six months pregnant, I need, I have no excuse. So um, I started taking vitamin D. Now I went to a crystal shop with my homies and we were kind of like talking about um, like vitamin D and vitamin D deficiencies then. And like, I already knew that having a vitamin D deficiency could like mimic signs of depression because I'm a mental health counselor, a marriage and family therapist, woo, um, former mental health counselor. But it's like, so I already kind of knew that because of my, um, like field, but I didn't know that it could impact your skin, your hair growth, your nails. And when, when they said, bitch, my nails, like that, I was done then. Cause you know, I love my nails. <laughs> you have easily the best nails of anyone I know. Not anymore. Do you see this? This nail salon in Brooklyn fucked me all the way oh, up. Oh no. Yeah. Anyway, I have fingers of a 12 year old now. Um, what, what is that phrase that you told some of our friends that their nails had decades of damage? I did not say that. <laughs> what was it? And I won't appreciate that slander on my segment. What was okay. the direct quote? I don't remember. Okay. I guess the point is the point money's is, friends. The point is Need when the sense. sun does not shine and you have a deficiency in vitamin D, it is as if the strength of the Black Panther has been stripped away. <laughs> okay. So, there's, there's two types of vitamin D. There's vitamin D2. Stop laughing. There's vitamin D2 that's you, that we usually get from, like, broccoli, leafy greens, um, milk, um, even though who who eats dairy anymore? Who, I'm you just saying. fucking stop that shit. Love yourself, Okay. This, no, especially we, if you listening to this, you a person of color. Why are you ingesting dairy? All right. No, it was a it was a colonialist invention. Okay, we are to poison off, us. We are off. <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back it up. So that basically, vitamin D two you can get from most foods. Um, so most people don't have a shortage of that if you have like a a balanced diet. And a bitch love broccoli, so I always have that. Um. But vitamin D3 is, like, the one that you usually have to take in a supplement. It's the one that you can't really get from your diet as much. And it's also the one that you get from sunlight. Um, So if you don't have a sun lamp and if you're not, like, tanning and stuff like that, then you probably have a deficiency. Um, Vani was telling me something about, like, how 70% of your body needs to be exposed to the sun for, like, three hours for you to get the amount of D3 you need. Oh, my God. I know. And I'm like, Everybody should naked tan for, like... (laughs) Four hours a day. I'm in. Um, 
Yeah, so I started taking it, and it's so cute because, like, the little... I have gel tablets, and they look like sunshine. They're like these little oh golden God. balls. It's so cute. That's cute. Um, Yeah, so that's the D3. That's why I started taking that. And then niacin, I've low-key known about for a while, too, because similarly to vitamin D, it helps alleviate symptoms of depression and anxiety. Um, And so I, I guess I'm just, like so down with like finding ways to cheat big farm Mm -hmm. and like keep people off of um depression medication and anti-anxiety medication because those things are like they're heavy for our body um and so i try to like you know find i try to find like witchy ways to cheat that and niacin is one of them because niacin is the same thing as vitamin b3 um and it is Basically, the B complex that can break down in water, so it doesn't take... You don't need a lot to break it down, where, like, a lot of other vitamins, you'll hear people say, like, oh, it's useless to take vitamins because your body just flushes most of it out anyway because it can't, like, metabolize it. Well, not niacin. Your body can actually metabolize it. And so the one... The Well, not one, but, like, the things that are key to know about niacin is, one, that is cheap as fuck. I got a bottle for, like, $4.00. Um, two is that it basically gives you these feelings of like, I don't know, like euphoria, I would say. Like most people experience like a niacin flush if you take the amount of niacin you're supposed to take and it opens up your blood vessel, vessel. So it makes you feel like, <laughs> I wish you all could have just seen <laughs> like, the, if you're like, <laughs> she's <yeah>. body rolling. <laughs> 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 You know, so it's like that. It's like a warm feeling that slowly washes all over your body. And if you can imagine, this helps a lot with like relaxation and like muscle tension and putting your ass to sleep. So all the things that we need to alleviate like anxiety and depression. Really good for that. It's also really good for your cholesterol. So if y'all got problems with like blood um, pressure and all kind of stuff like that, niacin. And the last part of this mental moment. So I've been handing out uh, Mexican <laughs> agates. <laughs> you get a crystal. Like, you get a crystal. She really has. <laughs> but I just thought it was so important. So um, I'll be quick and tell this little story because it's really not a mental moment um, story. But I think it's important to know. So I went into this crystal shop because this lady just opened a crystal shop like right across from where I work. And I don't know why I went in. Like, I was just like, hmm, let me see. Let me go in here. I don't know what it's about. Because, you know, I be on my hood with shit. And I walked in and the lady was like, oh, wow. I'm usually not even open on Fridays. Um, this was just like a happenstance. Right. Right. And I was like, huh, okay. Um, and like most stuff in this area, she was white. Uh, the space was hella white. But she said that. And for some reason, that made me feel more comfortable. She was like, I'll just be up front. I'm a white witch. I practice Wicca. Um, I know, like, not a lot of people's magic, like, plays well with each other. So if something doesn't give you a good feeling here, like, I understand. Oh. And I was like, bitch. She's, like, the first white person that I've ever heard, like, own that. You know? Like, we... Like, our spiritual practices aren't the same. Right. You know, because I went into some other crystal shop and this white dude was trying to act like he was down with the Orishas. Talking about, yeah, girl, I see... 
Um, or y'all all over you. No, because that's not my Orisha, motherfucker. Like, yeah. So anyway, like, <laughs> um, so yeah, she owned that. And for some reason, it made me feel more comfortable. So I was like walking around. Nothing really like struck me. I was like, hmm, this shit is overpriced. Boo, boo, boo. It was cute, but it's overpriced. But then I saw this drawer and I was like, hmm, what's in this drawer? Oh, <laughs> I, op- I opened it and it was full of um, Mexican agate, also known as crazy lace agate. And the stone is just beautiful. Like, the stone to me looks like the embodiment. Like, if if I could take queer women of color and, like, all the, like, complexity and beauty in our community and, like, um, press it into a crystal, that's what this crystal looks like. It's, like, browns, grays, reds, golds, swirls of just, you know, browned and beautifulness. But it also has, like little spots on it that look like lace. You know, like your grandma's tablecloths. It kind of looked like that in, in sections. Um, and so, yeah, I just I just bought as many as I could afford because <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, these stones kind of called me in here. I know that feels like hella deep, but that's, that's what I felt. And um, so I did. I bought as many as I can afford, and I've been just, like, handing them out to my friends. But before, before I guess I realized, I was like, oh, these called me in here. I read the description of it. So I'm going to read it to y'all. And y'all going to be like, ooh, bitch, yeah, they called you in there. So the Crazy Lace Agate, also um, known as the Mexican Agate, agate because it is only found in Chihuahua, Mexico. Oh, shit. The only place, right? It's a queer woman of color. This stone is a queer woman of color. I'm, I'm owning it. Um. It it is helpful for all your chakras, and it's known as the pure happiness stone. Um, and so it's an it's an exceptional tool for grounding you, and all all crystals are like good for that. But um, it's really good energy for reconnecting you with Earth. Uh, it promotes feelings of stability and groundedness, um, and it has a, a lot of like properties for like keeping your attention and focus. Um, and if you just look at it, you can kind of tell because if you just follow the swirls around it, it's it's almost like the stone. Like this crystal forces you to meditate by looking at it, right? <laughs> so it's like um, keep your attention. You got this, bitch. Um, so it also facilitates laughter. Laughter, like I said, it's the like pure happiness. It's known as the pure happiness stone. Um, it absorbs emotional pain and like negativity, which some folks call like the evil eye. It absorbs that. And it helps you facilitate laughter and, like, good feelings. So, yeah, it's it's an excellent tool to help you with, like, indecisiveness, um, balancing mm-hmm. in your life, and, yeah, making decisions. So, that's the stone that has been working in, you know, unison with my niacin and my vitamins. <laughs> you know? That's going to be a song. My niacin and my vitamins. <laughs> I can't. You gave so. me this stone yesterday. I've been keeping it in my coat pocket. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, Nikita. I I looked at it today and it made me smile. Mm. I appreciated it. Yeah. I appreciate you. I bought some like. I don't know what it's called. It's like bendy wire mm-hmm. that they make. You probably know because you be cutting shit. But like, <laughs> you built a whole damn uh. I mean, there's a couple uh, of different wires shelf. it could be. Well, it's really t- like thin wire that people make like rings and stuff out of. Uh-huh. Yeah, I bought some of that because I'm. I, I think was... with mine, I want to make it into like a necklace that I could wear. Uh-huh. So I was thinking. I guess I was thinking tire wire, but it's probably not that. That that's like industrial grade wire. That's way above my. Yeah, Sorry. my capabilities. 
Sorry. I'm the I'm the hood witch, not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> yep. So that's my mental moment. This is great. Thank you. You're welcome. Silly of me to think that I could not have the moment in my life. What are you saying? How we love you. How we love you. Oh my gosh. You're just a healer. Can we stop? Just go. <laughs> Everyone knows Probably. what that song is. I'm I, not, I don't know what it is. All right. I have no idea. All right. That's great. So what you going to challenge the listeners to I drag am. me again? I'm not. Because I didn't know who In Vogue was. This is a twofer. This is a little before, more than a little before your time, but it's a classic. So. Listeners, you know help your friend money. Uh, my singing was horrid. That's fine. But y'all know what that song is. No say. No, they know. Mm. They know. So Anyway, the DJ played uh, Luther, Luther? Van. I saw, oh, my God. I was, For you. I was at work, and I just, like, let out. I just, like, screamed with laughter. <laughs> It was it was never too much, which is yes. totally a classic. <laughs> I felt like I was there. Yeah, I it. felt like you were there when that played too. It was because everybody kind of looked at me judgingly, like, "Whose song is this, Money?" I'm like, "Look, I fucking know." Okay, <laughs> did you? I knew it was Luther. Yeah, you probably learned that like the last year. I've been reading up. Okay, no, I really did look up in Vogue after. God, that's so when, embarrassing. Okay, we can move along. All right. But listeners, please help money to identify what that song was. I'm not going to tell her. Throw it in the hashtag. Throw it in the hashtag. Yes, use the hashtag, hashtag queer W O C. W O C. Not W O K or W A L K. Wop, wop, My nice head with my body. <laughs> We're so off task. <laughs> All right, so Nikita, you want to go ahead and give us the word? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you nailed that. <laughs> that was impressive. Okay, so wait a minute. When was that? It was Saturday. Okay, so Earth Day was on April 22nd. Mm-hmm. So, I figured this episode is brought, brought to you by Environmental Justice. Justice. We almost had it, but you fucked it up. That's I okay. did cuz I didn't remember what the word was. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just like No, it's fine. You've okay. spoken. When you said Earth Day, I was like, where is this going? But yes. You're what, right. What, what, I know, I know. It's connected. I just Always associate Earth Day with Earth Lady, and so. What is Earth Lady? Earth Lady, the lady. Who's Earth Lady? The Earth Lady, Nikita. Make sure we cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is what I get. Okay, so so obviously, like I just mentioned, the the twenty second that was Earth Day, um, and I know, like growing up, I was in in the fifth grade. I was in this play, and it was about the Earth. And, like, it was always about, like, recycling and 
it was always, I always thought it was real whack. And I, like, even as a kid, I could not have articulated it Mm -hmm. as such, but I was like, this is real white. And I was like, it's Mm -hmm. such a waste Mm -hmm. of, um, like, I was like, I don't care about any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the whole idea behind um, the concept of environmental justice is that um, people of color, indigenous people, poor people, uh, workers, particularly like communities of color, the the devastation, the ecological devastation that we see is particularly acute now, um, that it disproportionately like impacts us and affects us. But also the concept of environmental justice comes from um though our communities, particularly communities of colors, um, struggles against like like in environmental degradation and it also broadens what we think of as the um like environment so when i i know what i found out um about environmental justice i was like oh um like this is a lot more helpful than thinking about picking up trash off the side of the fucking street Mm -hmm. and like turning off the lights right right because that's that's how we generally Mm -hmm. you know think about it and these really vapid ways i don't get at like the root causes um about why environmental and ecological devastation broadly but Mm -hmm. specifically how it impacts um us yeah so actually the the concept came it emerged in the the 1980s and so one of the key fights in the the big I say this word a lot and you always tease me, but one of the opening salvos of the environmental justice uh, movement. The zenith? Shut up. One of the opening salvos of the environmental justice movement was this fight that happened in Warren County, North Carolina in 1982. And so this was a rural uh, black community in North Carolina and... North Carolina at the time had decided to create this landfill in this predominantly black community. And they were, um, and before they even wanted to do open this landfill, they had, um, there was something called polychlorinated biphenyls, PCBs. It's a toxin and they had dumped 60,000 tons of it in the soil in this community um, beforehand. They had been just illegally dumping oh, that right. shit out mm-hmm. on the highway. And so the landfill was created then to put that contaminated soil in there. And so what was really amazing about this um, action is that you know, this predominantly black and rural community, like people were engaging in civil disobedience. So when the trucks were driving down the street to like mm-hmm. dump this shit, like people were like laying across yeah, the... Yeah. Um, the highway, they like, yeah, they laid down in front of the trucks to get them to stop wow. dumping that shit. Wow. Um, but unfortunately, the land, like the landfill, that shit was dumped in there. Um, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, in the, regardless of their um, efforts, but like, that's something that I didn't like. I I had never heard about that story mm-hmm. or and like those are not like the stories that we tend to you know think about. Um, and like the. When people talk about, and I think more so now, people are like kind of like hip to thinking about like in 
you know, like people of color having like a key role to play. Like I mean, everything that's mm-hmm. going on with like the pipelines, like the Keystone yeah. XL yeah. Um, pipeline, the other pipelines, the fact that people still can't fucking drink their water in Flint, in Flint yeah. the crisis. You know, the hurricanes that ripped through um, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah. And in places like um, New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I think, like, up, it's because the, I think that the, like, this framework and the movement has, people are paying a lot more, like, attention mm-hmm. to it. And people within other different movements see it as a useful um, framework. But I think prior to that, like, I had never, like, heard about, like, what happened mm-hmm. in, like, Afton. Um, North Carolina. Um, so there's a guy. Um, his name was Robert Bullard. Uh, so he's a um, he's a black a black man. Uh, has a PhD. I don't remember in what, but he's called like the father of environmental justice. And so something that I think like what I was getting at earlier that he did um, is that he helped us to rethink what exactly constitutes mm-hmm. the environment, environment. Mm-hmm. right? It's not just, you know, saving the polar... Because that's another mm-hmm. thing. It was either um, turn off your lights, recycling, or it's like we have to, you know... The rainforest. The rainforest. Because yeah, like, the toucans are dying. Because <coughs> yeah. these things are, like, outside yeah. right, right, right. of us. But So the concept of, like, what environmental justice gets us to think about is that... It's like the environment is where we live. It's where we work. It's where we go to school. And along with the physical um, and the natural world. So um, it's not just that like the natural world is destroyed um, by, you know, corporations, you know, and their wanton like disregard for the... um, the physical and natural world, but that also like that affects Weird. us, yeah. our communities. Mm-hmm. I was sorry, go ahead, I don't go ahead, go ahead. But um, you know, I always try to like find a way to relate it so I can understand what you talk about. Go but ahead. <laughs> I, I was hospitalized when I the the first time I went to California, I like had oh, the worst right. the worst um asthma attack that I've ever had in my life, and I was in the hospital for four days. So my trip was seven days. Four of it was Shit. in the hospital, and I had this nurse. Who was um, talking to me about, you know, um, out of all the kids who come in here with asthma attacks, uh, most of them are black and brown. And she was talking to me about how, you know, we have these, the the factories, like, in, like, 20 years ago, like, moved into these communities. And mm-hmm. so then it, like, drove the price of rent down. And so who moved in? Like, people of exactly. color who couldn't afford rent other places. And then, you know, 20 years out, all their kids got asthma. And she's like, yeah. So anyway, you good? Like you, you need someone. So she was just like, she, she just, just like dropped that this shit environmental yeah. justice shit down. Like it's no accident that all the kids that she see with exactly. asthma attacks are black and brown. Yeah, and you just actually um, like going into um, like my next point. So it's like you know we're talking about the environment, not just being like this outside. It's like this kind of natural, like the natural world, but it's like communities of color, poor, working class communities also have, like, obsolete, like, public transportation. Or there's, like, the, you know, these busted or old sewage and water systems Mm -hmm, that are polluted mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because of, like, all these different kinds of, like, um, factories and that kind of thing. And another, there's two, like, last, um, two or three last things that I want to point out. 
Um, it's kind of, it's interesting that this has kind of been like an accidental theme, um, in this episode, but just like, um, just tying in kind of like the environmental justice with like reproductive justice. So mm-hmm. there was another group, um, in 1984, um, called the Mothers of Mothers of East Los Angeles. So they were an environmental justice organization um, with that consisted mostly of Latina moms. And so not only did this group um, f- successfully fight um, the creation of this oil pipeline, and there was like a hazardous waste incinerator, but they were also um, saying that one of the things that they also fought is the the construction of prisons. And they were like, we don't want our communities to be filled with like hazardous waste sites, mm-hmm. with oil pipelines, and with prisons. Wow. Because they were like, that, again, like the natural environment, mm-hmm. but also like that, yeah, does, the yeah. prison doesn't do anything right. for our built what, environment, what for it, our children. What does it do for your babies to walk past a prison every day, right? And exactly. that's like the only state institution they see. Exactly. And, they were, and something that... So they were like, we don't want our, one of the quotes from uh, this group is that they wow. don't want our, we, we don't want our children working in incinerators and we also don't want our children working, working as prison guards. Yes. Yes. And so I'm like, that, wow. I mean like that's, see, the Sierra Club w- does not, was not doing that kind of work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Greenpeace is not yeah. doing, yeah. you know, that kind mm-hmm. of work. And so mm-hmm. that's also, you know, another important point that like, the kind of big traditional like environmental organizations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, have not like addressed these particular mm-hmm. kinds of issues. And mm-hmm. if they have, it's only because like people of color, um, communities of color, women of color have mm-hmm. broadened again, mm-hmm, these mm-hmm. concepts. Um, and this point about mothers and reproductive justice and women is really important because Another thing that we also, we tend to talk about why, like, the ecological devastation is so out of control is that it always goes back to, well, there's always just too many people, right? It's just too many people Mm -hmm. on the the planet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, and so overpopulation is often considered to be one of the main causes of climate change and environmental degradation. But... I mean, if there's no other group that knows about how the this language about population control and like its mm-hmm, uses, mm-hmm. It, it's like women of color. Yep, yep. Right, mm-hmm. and so actually going back to the Sierra Club, like it was like four or five years ago, Sierra Club created this thing. It was called the Global Population and Environment Program, and so this is this is a direct quote. They said that. You know, because the combination of rapid population growth in the developing world with the unsustainable consumption in developed countries is threatening the health and well-being of families, communities, and our planet. And so it's like, so so the idea is that we've got gross ecological devastation and destruction because of the reproductive choices of women in the developing world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's like, and it's like, you, and it like, it totally you know, something that we always talk about here is like, it totally misses out the role or it obscures the role of capitalism in corporations. Right, right, right. Right? Because it's like, um, I don't know if it's in here, but the one of the biggest polluters in this country is actually the military. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, that, that's, like that's mm-hmm. been proven to be one of the biggest um, polluters, but nobody's talking about slashing like yeah. the military budget. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about slashing or like these... 
oil companies, these coal companies, um, and I, I have to out myself because at this um, new job, one of these, I'm at working at um, a nuclear power plant, power plant, and everybody knows that nuclear is harmful, mm-hmm. like for the environment. But it's like the onus is not put on these. Um, these people or these it's factors, put on individual bodies it's, it's, that it's reproduce, p- it's put on women yeah, of color in the third yeah, world for right, apparently right. having too many children. And so, I just hate. I hated that quote because it made it sound like these leeches of the earth are like taking up all the resources, having all their babies. Right. Exactly. And it just, yeah. It just. One of our friends, Yanira, like I can't even remember where we were, but she was like, "I hate that." That languaging around popping out babies because right. nobody pops, pops out a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a, a nine a, month process. a nine month process 40, 40 hour labor. Yeah. Like. like you just wake up. It's like nine o'clock. I'm gonna run to the store. Ten o'clock. Pop this baby out. Eleven o'clock. Still got time to make that meeting. She is so right. Yeah, and just um wow. God and, damn it, Nikita! But like, there's so there's two there's two other things that I want to say that are like or three other things that are connected oh to this. No, no, no. There's real quick. So back in 2008, to show how this stuff around like the control the, this narrative around population is like so connected to like controlling uh, women of color's body, women of color bodies. After um, Hurricane um, Katrina and Hurricane Rita. There's this uh, representative in 2008 from Louisiana, John Labrezzo. And so this guy is a Republican, conservative uh, piece of garbage. Um, so his office researched a policy plan. And, and the proposal was to pay poor, uh, to pay women who are on public assistance $1,000 if they quote unquote volunteer to be sterilized. And so he was like, um, Louisiana was going to basically fall off like an economic cliff if women continue to have babies. And again, this was in the wake of um, the devastation of Hurricane uh, Katrina and Hurricane um, Rita. So this was this was his response, right? So it's not like how to actually like build up the the social, political, and economic infrastructure of communities, but it's like let's let's just and we all know that public assistance at this point has totally yeah. been coded mm-hmm. as black. So it's basically, mm-hmm. let's get these black bitches to stop mm-hmm. having babies. Mm-hmm. Right? That was... I feel like there's just so much in there. I don't even know what to say. Like, It's it's it's, it's gross. First of all, $1,000? That's, that's no that's money. nothing. Yeah. Like, that's not even two months worth of rent. But, but the thing is, like, if it's no money, but, like, also if you're broke as fuck, yeah, a thousand dollars is a lot. Yeah. Like it's not. I mean, post Katrina, yeah, yeah, right. When FEMA is giving you like a twelve cent check or wow, you know, whatever exactly. insulting little amount they were giving, and I, yeah, I guess I I was thinking about that. Like the cost is like offensive. Um, you know, white men always think they could throw pennies your way and that you'll be thankful for it as right. a woman of color. Like a crumb. Yeah, but I was also thinking about like I don't know. That's not just it, uh, so much stuff. That it just all feels kind of fucked up to even say, but like there's some, there's still that we still live in the shadow of this like welfare queen trope because like all the people that exactly. I know who like exactly. act- actively live and struggle in poverty are not thinking, let me have another child, let me have another child. Like it's actually people who are like financially stable that are able and like like, actively work to have kids. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then I was just thinking about, like, the hatred of, like, 
women and and folks who like actually carry children because nobody is like making a line for like men to be sterilized. At like, all. You're so right about <laughs> which that. it would actually be like more um if you really talking about like population control, it would actually make more sense to sterilize a man than to like sterilize like a woman because like like if you're pregnant, right? That's just like pretty much your year. Just go, you know. Right, like you, right, right, it ain't right, like you right. can get pregnant. You can just keep, keep, we don't keep doing it. <laughs> you don't have a litter, you know. It's not. I'm like uh, somebody who's out here. Like this is so gross. Like somebody's out here like shooting sperm can get literally get somebody pregnant every day. Yeah. <laughs> we don't advocate sterilizing Man, anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Nobody should be sterilized. That sounds like a, a sci-fi novel. Right. That like I don't want to live in um but it just it pointed to me to like the, the just the hatred of like women and the 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 medicalization of misogyny yeah well i guess like even talking about like this reproductive justice things making us think about like the environment and mm-hmm. gender like and sexuality yeah, yeah, and how yeah. all this shit mm-hmm. um gets wrapped in um mm-hmm. there was a group of indigenous women and i don't know more that were making the point that like indigenous sovereignty over land like that that's an important point and they were making the connection between how um settler colonialism treats quote-unquote empty lands the same way it was treating the so settlers trying to have control over land is not disconnected from like settlers it's like settler colonialism trying to control like the reproduction um reproductive choices of like indigenous women Mm -hmm. so there's this quote um, from uh, one of the women in the movement, they were saying, we must have self-determination of our bodies and also self-determination of, of our, our lands. Land. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I feel like this, this was broadly about environmental justice. But again, this these it's kind of bizarre how we've talked about reproductive mm-hmm. justice mm-hmm. at like on three different sections and we didn't even mm-hmm. plan to. Ooh. All right. So before we jump into this week's topic, I guess I want to give a... Uh, uh, alert, like, woo, woo, woo. No, not that kind of alert, but like a, I don't know, insert alert. Ring noise. the alarm. <laughs> um, so, Pod and Live, Twas Lit, and I feel like because this it, we're recording really late, um, and I want to be like mindful of time, I am going to add some like recaps and photos, never before seen photos, exclusives. <laughs> On the Patreon. So if you want to hear about Queer Watch's experience at Pod and Live and see, like, the pictures, become a patron. And then, yeah. Become a patron. It looks so amazing. It looks so much fun. Yeah. I I was there in spirit. I wish I could have been there in person. But everyone looks so missed. black, mm-hmm. so luscious, so beautiful. My goodness, the blackness. I just, I don't know. I feel like I said this last year. I have to say it again. Queen and Jay are like masterful and iconic curators of community. Iconic. Iconic. Um, And so I just want to thank them for inviting us to be part of Pod and Live NYC, you know, the second annual. Um, I am, I'm so excited for next year. Like, I feel like it's going to get to a point where we have to find a bigger venue because we was packed in there at one point. It was so many black people. It just looked amazing. 
And so many different creatives too. Like, so if you aren't the type who wants to be on the mic, there were like engineers there. There were people who were like talking really technically about mixers. And you know, I've been trying to learn more about mixers because you're very quiet and I'm loud as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was just like everybody there. And again, I think I said this last year too, but like, there, there is masculinity without it being like toxic. Toxic mm-hmm. at Pod and Live NYC, and I just I I, ha- I really have to think it's because like Queen and Jade are very like, intentional. They're like about yeah, creating and cultivating you, a space. You know that they're like womanist race nerds, so you're not gonna come in here with your like misogynist ass mm-hmm. bullshit. And if you do, you will quickly get bounced. So yeah, I mean I had so much fun with a Stephanie from Bag Ladies. We had the best. Shout sandwiches. out to Bag Ladies. These fucking sandwiches. Oh yeah, shout out to Stephanie because she um gave me some sage. We swapped stuff. So it's like you know I gave shea butter. Oh my god. There was just like um there was another person there. I can't remember her name. It's like uh, Lil Petty Crocker. She was giving out shea butter. It was just like so fucking black. Oh my god. And like yeah, She's so it was just, black. Yeah, amazing. So, oh, man. it was great. But if you want to see pictures, become a patron. I'm going to try to make it next year. Oh, I also met Rodeca, a.k.a. Rebecca, a.k.a. Rodix of Inaho Uprising. Oh. <laughs> she, she is indeed one person. And I'm still not convinced that she's actually real. She might or might not be a hologram. But yeah, <laughs> she was there. It remains to be, to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist. All right, so the actual topic of this episode. Oh, God, I said, what the fuck's the topic? <laughs> that Bitch, was just, I forgot. That was just a plug for the exclusive cl- content for Egg the patrons. Exclusive. But the actual topic for this episode is Kaylani. So I'm going to have to fill in Nikita real quick, y'all. You're um, not so- <laughs> going to have to fill. So Kaylani, I just like to, I just like to have my notes. I, <laughs> stop this. I know who Kaylani is. Do I know Slash any of her songwriter. songs? Not off the top of my head. Are you down today? A distraction, baby. But don't you know her song? Exactly. Because I made you a CD with some of her songs Ex- on it. Thank you. The the oh. gay one. The gay. I one. like my girls just like I like my honey. I know. Yeah. Sweet. Exactly. Yeah. See, you be just trying to That's fucking play me. No, but you. Okay. And also recently, with Cardi B. You don't hit my line no more. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, you don't make it ring, oh my God. ring, ring. Sorry. Speaking of Cardi, I feel so pleased because I listened to the album and I feel so hip. <laughs> Did you listen to it the year it came out? <laughs> yeah. Like the month it came out. Yes, I know. I'm like on fire. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's like I've been placed in a walk. So, Kaylani. Um, I felt like so excited that so many of y'all tagged me in this tweet or like screenshot it and sent it to me. Um, I just felt like people know that I am like a guru of all things queer and I like try to soak in as much as I can about the community. For real. You know, I'm always trying to like learn and grow and and be up on my gay shit. So uh, she tweeted. uh, Can I just read the tweet? Please. Because it might be deleted. I don't know. Uh, So she tweeted, because I keep getting asked. I'm queer, not bi, not straight. I'm attracted to women, men, really attracted to queer men, non-binary people, intersex people, trans people, little poly pansexual poppy. Hello, good morning. Does that answer your questions? And then little like stars, uh, twinkles emoji. And so she tweeted that. 
and people dragged her. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, so um, I don't even know where to start with this. The, uh, I, there was like two sp- two spaces that I specifically wanted to talk about. One was the use of the word queer, yeah. obviously, because yeah. bitch, queer walk. Um, and the second was about like how she listed who she's attracted to. Yeah. Um, but what shocked me is that so many like people of color were like dragging her, and I just, I guess I just have a different perception of. Like what we find offensive and what we don't. Like I thought, I thought we were like all on the same wave <laughs> as far as like what is and is not a slur, and um, and it so it just really shocked and surprised me that like people of color were saying that queer is a slur, and so then you know I'm tweeting Diamond, the homegirl from Marsha's Play, and she's just like, I think it might be regional. And mm. I I know that like other terms like dyke and stuff like that are like regional because like down south if you call somebody a dyke they'd be ready to fight you yeah but like here not so much it's actually people actually call themselves dykes yeah um but I didn't think queer was that and I maybe my idea of queer is like real limited because most of my time it has been spent in like universities and on campus yeah. and. But that doesn't, I don't, but even I feel like within popular, I don't know, because it wasn't there, I don't know how that, what specific language they use, but there was that study or some survey that came out a few years ago that said, like, most young people, like, identify explicitly, As not queer. most, mm-hmm. it was, like, either, like, 40 to, like, 60% of, like, young people identified as queer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how I feel about queer. So the very, it's funny, the very first episode of Queer Walk, if you go back and listen to it, it's me and Philandi talking about queer, the word. Like, did somebody say queer is the name of the episode? Um, And I felt, I felt kind of like old on that because I was like calling myself gay. Yeah. And, you know, when I first started going to Fusion, like all the kids were calling themselves queer. Yeah. I love queer because it's not only, like, an identity. That's another thing. Okay, I'm going to go back to my point. But, like, how the fuck y'all going to tell her what she can and can't call her damn self? Like, this is why I think, like, language sometimes really limits, like, what we can do as far as, like, connecting in community. She called herself queer in that tweet and no fucking body else. And I think... even that's, if it was previously used derogatorily, I'm a part of the group. That that's it was the base. That's the basic idea behind reclaiming. Like exactly, I, I know some like older, um, uh, like lesbians who are like, I'll like I'm not like I remember being called like queer, and it was like really hurtful. So I don't con- mm-hmm. I don't call myself that, but I understand that like mm-hmm. younger people or other people who, like identify as yeah. such. But that's like the basic. Yeah. idea behind like word reclamation is exactly. that if you're in the group then you can say yeah. it so like that that I was just, weird i just don't get because like i was looking at people who were responding i almost got like obsessed with it um because first of all my train was delayed two hours you know amtrak shorty so i was like looking and um like some of the folks had like bad bitch or something like that in their like bios and i'm like so you understand that if someone else was to call you a bitch, you would not. You would. You wouldn't be exactly. cool with that. But the fact that you identify yourself as a bitch is cool. It's like I don't. I mean, I just think I tweeted this, and I really still feel this way. I think that we get taught to be critical and not to critically think. Right. Like language is so much more complex than 
oh, this was this was a slur in the 1950s, and it's like used derogatorily, and right, so right, now we right. just have to like throw that word away. Um, Do you think that this was queer people saying this though? I feel like the only way, because I I tried to go back and mm-hmm. s- to see what people were actually saying. Um, I couldn't see why people. Um, I don't know if she had deleted it or what, she but did. I was I was trying to see what actual what the substance mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. of the critique or the criticism was and I it to me it felt like well intentioned straight allies saying like that like I just don't know. Do you know what I mean? If that's that was like case, a well intentioned straight ally saying like you're using like a slur. a slur. Like that's the only that's the only way that I could make sense if of If that's that. the case, shut the fuck up. Like, as an ally, that's the thing. That's why I don't fuck with allyship. Like, you don't get to tell us what words we can and can't use for ourselves. What did what did Mother Audrey say? I will define myself for myself right, or right, be crushed right. into your definitions of me and eaten alive. It's just, I just don't. It's I just, I don't know. Y'all still mad about queer? Like, for real? It just, it, just, it, it felt particularly out of touch to me. It, yeah, it, it felt real like, wow. And then I'm not going to lie, like in the grander scheme of things where like I started this podcast because I didn't see any, especially like um, black or like, um, like Afro-Latina or whatever, like indigenous, like women of color out and representing for right. like any kind of LGBTQ identities. I was like, okay, well then I'm gonna start this space, which is starting on Tumblr, you know. But for she's at she she ain't no like no sideline SoundCloud singer. She is like headline, you know. Right. It's like this is fucking Kaylani. She was just on tour with like Demi Lovato, Demi Lovato. and DJ Khaled, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and she is out here coming out like on yeah on Twitter making a statement where so many of these other women that we know are queer are doing shit like making a video wearing like pussy pants and like ah, yeah. ah, you know like she's saying it she's yeah. fucking saying it and and I don't know I feel I feel like semi protective of Kaylani also because she wasn't on Twitter for so long because of fucking trolls right it's like people come and attack for like no apparent reason when she's being so vulnerable with us. And I, I think a lot of times, like, with celebrities, like, people forget that they're human, too. And, like, you don't deserve to have access to somebody's identities oh or how they identify. God. And she's, like, this is, I don't I won't say she's doing us a favor, but she didn't have to share that. Like, we see oh, that. Oh, like, I could go on about this for days. Yeah. That I that point that you just made is I just feel like that's so important. She did she absolutely did not have to share that no. with us. And I feel like and like the like the response that she got on on that particular point, mm-hmm. like demonstrates like why should every reason why somebody wouldn't wouldn't yeah like want to share yeah. that. And I, I mean at the end of I mean it, so we could switch to the other part about like her listing. Um, different gender groups and my thoughts around that is basically I mean I've said it so many times that I think people get real creative at avoiding their own like trauma and self-work and then it 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 turns out coming out as like projection and like attacking of other people that's how I feel I feel like a lot of people have a lot of gender related trauma Mm -hmm. that they just have not worked through. And so then it becomes all about language. Like what what people say and how they say it. And 
this is not saying said in the correct way. And because you perceive Kaylani as a cisgender woman who's also femme, um, that you can say these things to her. You know, right. it's like the the way. Yeah, it's like the way your gender trauma ends up like turning out and like you actually projecting that trauma onto somebody uh-huh. else. And I just felt like if people had like space where they could just talk about like all the shit related to gender and and actually like real talk misogyny, because I, I start to think of like, well, goddamn, what are the limits of womanhood where people feel like I can no longer be a part of this? Or, like, that space is exclusive of me. Mm-hmm. And I think I think a lot of the limits in the that space is exclusive of me have to do with these larger systems of oppression of course, of course. that just, like, keep us away from each other. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like, that was that's not a direct, I guess, reaction to the way she listed the genders, but more so to the, like, response that yeah. it got. The only... The thing that I'm seeing that somebody said um, is that... So, because some people said that it felt like she was, like, fetishizing certain groups, certain people, particularly... Because so she says, I'm really attracted to, again, queer men, non-binary people, intersex people, trans people. So, the only thing that I saw that was helpful... Or interesting, or that I that I thought was like, oh, okay, like I I could see where they're coming from. Was that I think I I lost the tweet, but somebody was like, so because she says I'm attracted to women and men, and then she puts trans people as like a separate category, as if trans people are outside of like the broad categories of women and men. So I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, girl. I thought, but... Because I guess I'm thinking about, like, what... This is a tweet, right? Yeah. So what would the alternative of that, of that be? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just an, another space where I feel like um, everybody complains about being isolated and not being able to find community. And in reality, like, the ways we construct and talk about language, like, they really get in the way of that. Because if she would have not put anything about transness and just said, I'm attracted to men and women, people would have been like, oh, she's transphobic because she didn't say anything about that. Like, if she would have said, I'm attracted to men, women, trans men, trans women, like, people would have taken issue with that. Like, I don't know any way she could have worded that, that people would have been like, this feels trans-inclusive and not fetishizing. And again, I I think I'm reacting right now, actually. I feel like this might not even... Okay, so I've had experiences of trying to date trans women and they tell me that I'm fetishizing them. Like, I was at a conference and I was like, oh, yo, and maybe that has to do with, like, I don't, I don't know any other ways to, like, approach somebody and say that they're fine or beautiful without any of these, like, I guess, like, really kind of fucked up ways that we learn to tell, like, women that they're, you know, like, damn, you bad as shit. You know, like, which I know is, like, sure, you could say so many other things, but, like, when you walk up to somebody and you're just trying to give them your number, you're like, I'm not going to say I noticed your dazzling personality across the room, because I fucking didn't. Right. I saw you. I I thought you was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we all know that my, my DM flirting has greatly improved, but like, and yeah, so in person, you know, I was like, I think you're beautiful. I think you're gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. Said it like that. You fine. And it's like, oh, that feels, that feels really like fetishizing of me that I'm like, um, cis passing or like conforming to the way I didn't even know they, that she was trans, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it was just like this, 
this weird moment of being like, I actually was just trying to holler. Right. And I admit, I could do it in a totally different sure, way. Sure, 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 there sure. are ways that I should learn to approach women that, that don't have anything to do with the way they look. I know that. And, like, how do you... Like, <laughs> how do you... I don't know. It's like... I don't, I don't even know how to, like, put it to words. But it's like, how do you, like, actually do something without like having to live down or up to all of these like right, really nasty ways yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that she's been fetishized before sure, you know sure, and sure. it's like fetishization is a real it's thing it's fucking real sure. but how do how do we like live through like that's not what's happening right here uh-huh. I didn't like I didn't know you were trans like uh-huh. I didn't like I was simply <laughs> being a thought and trying to right <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. I think that putting language to our identities is important, but it's also complicated. And that language will never encompass all of our identity. What do you mean? That there will never be a perfect tweet that I could, like, put out to be fully encompassed. Yeah. I see. So in thinking about, like, pansexuality, because she calls herself, like, a pansexual, a polypansexual poppy, I think is what she said. I thought she was... Like saying that, like listing that as another Things person that she would be attracted to. Like, uh, hey, little Polly pansexual papa. Hello, I think, good morning. I think that's how she identifies herself because, um, because when and she had posted this video after she kissed Demi Lovato on stage and was like, y'all really think I'm a bottom? I'm absolutely, I'm definitely a top. Oh. And so I was thinking, you know, that she was saying. That she's a little pansexual papa. I read, I read so, it. I you read, read it, it the other way because she also says I'm really attracted to queer men. So but that's she like would be, so much. So, she would be so saying, you see, you see the, you see what I'm saying. This is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. About like putting language to our identities in that language will never encompass. I see. I think. How, and so and and again, I think that to your point, I think we. <coughs> I read this. With my own understandings of what <laughs> queer means to me, mm-hmm. and so while I understand, like I will, I will concede the thing about separating out. Okay, like trans people outside of like women um, and men, when like that. So when people made that distinction, it makes it feel like a like other. an other, right? Yeah. So I, I will concede to that, but I feel like. Again, this is me projecting my own ideas about what queerness means. I thought she was saying I'm queer, like, in the sense that, like, I'm attracted to, like, I don't know. Some, maybe, I think maybe she could, maybe she could have done it another way. But I feel like the naming of all of these mm-hmm, people that mm-hmm. are, like, marginalized mm-hmm. and, like, who are considered, like, I guess, oftentimes, like, outside of desire, that's what. I feel like that's what she was like mm-hmm, trying to do, mm-hmm. and I, and again projecting my own things. It's like she, it sounds like she is like attracted to like other people's queerness, queerness in the yes. broadest terms, yeah, and I feel yeah, like yeah. that's what she was mm-hmm. trying to capture with the mm-hmm. tweet. But again, that's how I understand uh, queerness broadly, my own kind of queerness, and I was like, so that's why I didn't mm-hmm. bristle mm-hmm. at that because I I feel like that's again I think she's right. I think she's attracted to like queerness. Um, again, in the in its broadest sense, and that's what mm-hmm. she's trying to like mm-hmm. get at, and that's what she was trying 
to convey. So I didn't. Yeah. I in didn't the, take in the it. words of Joan Morgan, the people who fuck with the Grays. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't see it as like particularly mm-hmm. um, fetish fetish sizing. Mm-hmm. It was like I don't know. It was trying to what? No, it's just like yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have so many other things to say. No. And so she also added, and since we on that, I'm the least attracted to straight men. I feel like that underscores the point. That she's attracted to other people's queerness. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or queer, like, again, and so I keep saying queer in the broadest sense because, like, you can, like, you know. Because it's an umbrella community term. Yeah. And that's why I like it. Right. Can you imagine how many people would not click on this podcast if I called it Lesbian, gay, po- um, poly, pan, bi, right. trans, right, 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 women right, of color, right. like, right, 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 that can't fit on a fucking sticker. Like, <laughs> I get what you're saying about like her listing was sort of like this, um, like it was like it was like say an her intention- name kind of like yeah. bitch. I was about to tell me to hit you. I was like, it's an in- it was. I feel like it was like an intentional yeah. naming. Yeah. But I still okay. I'll mm-hmm. I, I'll concede the other point that people raised, but so I guess in conclusion. I like queer, and I like all genders as homies, and only certain genders sexually. <laughs> Is that a way to say that? Yeah. Okay. There we go. Do you really like all genders as homies? Um, because I, I think I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that there could be a cis het man out there that I could yeah. get along with. I, I have I have like decent cis het men. I'm yeah. I, you're you're right. All <laughs> genders mm-hmm. for friends. For friends. I don't know. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm still just struck by people telling her that she can't call herself yeah. something. That's, that's yeah. bizarre. Mm-hmm. Isn't... Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. All right. You ready for Curved Chronicles, Nikita? C- I would say C cubed. Whoops. C squared. Oh, my God. You're, you're such a math nerd. <laughs> Um, so Curve Chronicles this week is actually submitted. So submitted. Don't, don't yes. forget. Yay. Don't forget you can submit your curved chronicles to queerwalkpod at gmail.com and we will do our best to read them. And when I say do our best, we will because I'm done with uh trying to date. Until no, somebody's she's not. until no, somebody's she's daughter decides to treat me right. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right, so this um, Curve Chronicle was submitted from Khadijah. Hey, Khadijah. Hey, Khadijah. You know, um, all right. So I want to share one account of a woman I was involved. Oh, and this is me reading her Curve Chronicle, if that wasn't clear. Okay, continue. (laughs) I want to share one account of a woman I was involved with just because it's juicy. Juicy. Mm -hmm. I know. I met her through my old university before I transferred to to my school I attend now. We were both members of a safe sex club on campus. We worked to teach the youth about safe sex practices. She and I got to know each other. I never have dated anyone. I've just had a lot of thought shenanigans with people. Goals. I remember looking up to her due to the fact that she was very responsible and always took on leadership positions. She even gave me advice about how to play the game of dating problematic heterosexual men. Mm. Not goals. <laughs> for I me, say, for me. Even, don't even play that game <laughs> anyways i told her about my experiences with men and to be honest i wanted her to feel sorry for me i have had a lot of sex to feel a connection or in an attempt to make someone care about me but of course they've all failed 
I found out she was into women about two years after I left our school. I posted pictures with the booty on fleek and she liked it and DM'd me about it. She flirted like a sister friend, complimenting me. I didn't think much of it, but then she asked for nudes, to which I had to verify this bitch was really serious. (laughs) (laughs) She then sent me nudes of herself, which I wasn't prepared for. But from there, we texted and caught up on each other's lives. Eventually, she came over. She and I talked about life. We ended up cuddling and falling asleep. I made the first move. Oh, oh! Okay, <laughs> I made I made the first move. She began to feel on me. I gave her oral, and she did as well. The next day, she left very quickly. We said our goodbyes and continued texting. I noticed that our conversations became more choppy as she be- and she began to lose interest. I got really drunk one night and hit her up flirtatiously. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is where it turns. Yeah, but I couldn't see her because she was out of state. Months later, I texted her a long story short. I asked to see her. Brace yourselves. She said, oh, I'm not interested in seeing you. God damn. Cold-blooded. I low-key got in my feelings. Oh, I would have high-key been in my feelings. Yeah, high-key. Yeah, but I had to move on. I was also around my roommates and didn't feel like crying in front of them. I understand that. It <laughs> it did hurt my feelings because I did like her. Also, I ignored her signs of being a player and maybe even a fuck girl. But it hurt to be curved. Since then, I've taken my shot with uh, with one other girl, but I just don't feel like trying most days. And to be honest, I got better shit to worry about. I think I need to work on my self-esteem because I feel like I need someone, which is unhealthy. Money, you're a doctor. Oh, I'm almost a doctor, girl. It's like 79.9%. Nikita, <laughs> Nikita, you always have words of wisdom. Accurate. Help. Damn. Woo. So where you want to start? That's, that's convex and concave curvature. That, that curve. I guess like the, the first thing that stood out to me in this curve chronicle was that um, you were talking to her about like your experiences with men in hopes that she would feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just, I guess this is more of a question than like a thought, but I'm curious as to why you feel like somebody needs to feel sorry for you in order to like have them romantically. I don't know. Like but you just stole my point. Yeah. Cause I get, I don't know if this is cause I'm an older sibling or because I'm a therapist, but when I get into the zone of feeling sorry for someone, <laughs> it yeah. is dry. Yeah. It's complete. Like I don't even think of that person in a, a sexual way anymore. Yeah. Um, and so like, I, I know at the end you said you feel like you need to work on your self-esteem, but I'm, I'm thinking about your relational self. Oh my, like, stop. What? Cause you just cutting into everything I want to say. Oh, well go ahead, bitch. No, go ahead. Oh. Finish. You the therapist. I'm about to say, cause you know, this is my damn job. So. <laughs> like your, your self-esteem is a, a internal process, mm-hmm. but, um, this piece, the first thing you said was that you wanted her to feel sorry for you. Um, and so I would just ask, like, why do you think that that needs to be the jump off point? Uh, Nailed it. Is this, is this the only, the way that you like, sort of like start stuff with women? Cause mm-hmm. I wonder if you want men to feel sorry for you also when right. you're like engaging with them. Um, Cause girl, that might be dangerous. That might put you in a space yeah. to really be. And it's like, Ooh. not that, obviously not that anybody deserves that, but it's like, we know, unfortunately just people, um, are are just really 
like horrific mm-hmm. and abusive. And instead of like, I, so going back to like money's point, like I feel like in that in that instance, I feel like I have I want to take on a different kind of like caretaking Ro- yeah. role. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, um, it's not. That doesn't make me excited to be with somebody. Not sexually excited. Right, not yeah. sexually excited to be I might with get excited about you and want to be around you and be, like, really good friends with you, yeah. but it doesn't make me, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I Honestly, not even any... I don't think that that's the basis of starting any kind of... Re, that's not a way that I think is a... It's not a way that you want to be relating to people. I feel like you want to be relating in more positive ways mm-hmm. um and positive like in its almost literal sense positive meaning the presence of not like the absence of something. right 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 um so you want to, you want to have the presence of like shared interests like do you mm-hmm, laugh mm-hmm. a lot just like being you know being fools together yeah. just like those are the things that you want to share and mm-hmm. that's i think that's like a better way to relate whether that's a you know it's like this is us trying to build a long-term relationship or, and again, like this goes back to like di- different ways that people are attracted to one another. So this might not even be helpful, but even if it's like, just like a, like a fling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like a, or like a, you know, a one night, like a, yeah, like a fling. It's like, that's not, that I just don't feel like that's ever in any kind of capacity. Do you want to like be relating to people? And the, f- the first thing you think I want them to like feel sorry so, for yeah. me. It's like, no, right. I want, I want somebody to be like passionate, aroused, mm-hmm, excited mm-hmm. or interested mm-hmm. by and like about me. Yeah. Which might actually be why she gave you the sister friend compliment. Yeah. Because like her, maybe you had like goal accomplished. She felt sorry for you. Yeah. And so it's like, girl, no, you look good. Yes. I see booty on fleet. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. try, trying to like do that, like sister friend right. building of, um, of you. Um, and then, you know, y'all kicked it. Y'all hung yeah. out at your place and you made the first move. I mean, you bad. If you, <laughs> if you right. bad, I'm like, all right. Like, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, Cause it just like to say like, Oh, I'm not interested in seeing you, and for like there'll be no build up to that yeah, point. Like yeah. something happened, so um, like there was like a, a miss there. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't know what. Like on the one hand, I was about to say on one hand I would appreciate the honesty, but that's actually not. There's ways to be honest and not be hurtful. That's hurtful. Yeah. yeah so fuck that. Mm-hmm. So that does not sound good. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if. Um, that means that she deserves to be in the fuck girl box, um, but it, but she definitely is like she's she's honest. She, regardless of whatever y'all's relationship was, she's she obviously has not has not proven shown or shown to be like considerate or thoughtful about um, how you feelings. would feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a no go again, regardless yeah. of the I think the relationship. Yeah, it's a no. And quite honestly, this this point about I think wanting to be with somebody, wanting to have somebody, um that that feels like a that, that's like a human thing. Yes. But it's also I think it's very I mean something we talk about like ad nauseum on this show is like how isolating it is to be queer women of color so i don't think you should beat yourself up about feeling that by any stretch of the imagination but going back to our earlier point i think it's just about how you initiate those relationships and it's like 
are those relations relationships of whatever kind are they reciprocal are they reciprocated and do you get the things that you like you feel like you need and that you get like that you want to get the mm-hmm. things you need and want and like are, are you, you able to like yeah. give those things because mm-hmm. I feel like that's um because it's only when you're not for like foregrounding those things that I think that you do particularly right. like self-destructive or things that are destructive to other people when you're mm-hmm. like cuz like I mean I've done that where I'm like okay um I'm not in the best place so I'm going to be with this person for all these wrong reasons feel really mm-hmm. bad about it mm-hmm. um and then there's other situations you know that may not have been like a full-fledged um relationship but I'm like there's enough like established like respect and you know care and like getting needs met like in ways that aren't harmful where I'm like okay like Mm -hmm. like we Mm -hmm. can do this Mm -hmm. and I think that relationships are also like not static yeah because like at one point it can be that and then the minute when it's not that like that's Mm -hmm. when I mean this is so much easier said than done but like that's when you gotta get out of it yeah so the uh, again just I say I think just the main point is that I, I just like Wanting, like, wanting to be with somebody, um, like, th- there's no shame in that. And that's that's nothing to, like, feel bad about. But mm-hmm. it's, like, what the things that you compromise about yourself and, like, you know, yeah, the things that you compromise for yourself in order to get that, that's when I think it yeah. becomes a problem. Yeah. that That's exactly what I would say to a couple in session. Damn. It's like... <laughs> I miss my calling. So, just the last... I say this every time, then proceed to say seven more things, but this is only going to be one thing. <laughs> um, you say, I don't feel like, uh, you like, I've taken my shot with one other girl and don't feel like trying most days. And to be honest, I got better shit to worry about. I feel like just kind of like really underscoring our last point. I feel like there's way, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I feel like we make it seem like it's frou-frou, it's silly mm-hmm. or it's frivolous. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's more important mm-hmm. things in the world, mm-hmm. but like. I don't know, like human connection in its yeah, most basic yeah. form. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing that I think is worth, right? You know, for le- you know to, you know to quote Khadija, that that's that's an okay thing to worry about. Yeah, it's an okay thing to pine after and right, to want. Right. And it's yeah. just like I don't know. I think that sometimes I know. I mean, I guess I should you know use I statements, but I know sometimes myself I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be worried about this. This is silly. There's so many other important things mm-hmm. that are happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So many other important things that are happening in my life. And you just and and I feel like what ends up happening is that that's an excuse sometimes that we give ourselves to not actually deal with shit. Yeah, and I mean. I know I've been on this I don't want any new friends wave because all of my friends are leaving me and they hate me and we won't like have any connections anymore. I'm exaggerating. I must say a little dramatic, but okay. That's how I feel, okay? Okay. Um, But I'm even thinking about like navigating queerness as a woman um, is that sometimes it looks like just putting yourself in spaces with people who have like shared interests as you and just like making friends and start, start relationships from there. Yeah. Like, cause you know, friendships can grow yeah. into more. Take a cue from our demisexual homies. Touche. Yep. All right, so I hope we gave you like something with something. our resp- response to your curve. Giving you something you can feel. I'm just gonna snap along. In vogue again. Oh shit! God damn it! Oh, me. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I just feel like 
does, does somebody like implant some chip in your head? No, you where know they what? Were like, you know what it is? They grew up in a hip hop. I grew up in a hip hop household. I did. <laughs> so yeah, y'all can submit your curved chronicles to queerwalkpod at gmail Use the hashtag to re- respond to Khadija if yeah. like y'all got any more feedback or if you thought this girl was indeed a fuck girl. A fuck girl. Um, and hashtag queer WOC. Wah, 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 wah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be, that's Man. our next exclusive content. The queer walk, walk, walk. <laughs> the queer walk, walk, walk. <laughs> the queer walk, walk, walk. Uh, 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 uh. And you know what we're going to be flipping in the walk? What? Vitamins and nice. <laughs> Actually, that'll probably get us sent to prison. People be cooking like, up. They in there cook, they cooking up the cure to depression. <laughs> yeah. Make sure if you're not already a patron to become a patron yep. again to like see the exclusives from Pod and Live NYC. I just love if you couldn't that. hear. It's Pod and Live NYC. Sorry. Also, check out that hashtag because there's some, you know, really beautiful creatives in there. Okay. Wow. How y'all doing? You just, okay. You're not going to turn the hashtag into yeah. some kind of thirst thing. You don't you don't come through an event looking that damn good and not expecting that people will be like, who is that? Anyway, hey. <laughs> maybe I'm just thirsty. I, but, yeah. Like, go through the hashtag. There's some baddies in there. It, yeah. I, I peruse mm-hmm. it. I look through and you can start with the iconic baddies, Queen and Jay. Queen and Jay. I mean, goddamn. So, yeah. And follow us on all the things. All the things. Yes. All right, y'all. We out.